In today's episode, we're going to talk about mental health and being a parent living with anxiety. So I had Melanie Edge over to tell her, tell us about her experiences, how she approaches, how she deals with living with anxiety as a mum. And also we've talked a little bit about her son and his behavioural difficulties which are with ADHD and now they just found out autism and how she deals with society, how she deals in her household, how much support she gets from our government. So it was very interesting to hear all of that. We also find out what an amazing kind woman she is worrying about other mums and how they feel about themselves, other women, and trying to create a supportive culture and community. And I'm going to keep my eye on her next projects because I find it amazing. I hope you guys take something from it and be inspired by this woman. I also would like to thank our great supporters, Three Pens Cafe, for once again supplying us with our very much needed daily dose of caffeine. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Ridge and this is It Takes a Village. Okay, so today we've got with us uh, Melanie Edge. Um, she's a mother of three. We also have Adeline here with us. Hi, baby. Are you going to say hi? You were chatty just before. Oh, hello. Good girl. Good girl. So, Mel, you are a photographer as well, are you? Correct. Did that start before or after kids? So, that started after kids. So, it was a project um, I developed after falling pregnant with Adeline. Oh, okay. So, So I needed a slow school. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do before kids? Um, so I was a social worker. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then did you stop that work once you had your first son? No. So I um, I was on maternity leave with my second son when I fell pregnant with Adeline. Mm. <laughs> so I made the decision not to go back. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So we were going to talk a little bit about um, mental health today. And you suffer from anxiety. Yeah. Uh, from a very young age. Yeah. When did you started feeling like there was something not right. Okay. So anxiety has pretty much been a part of my life from a very young age. Um, I guess my parents always called it being shy, but in fact I was actually quite anxious. Um, I was bullied when I was 10 and that kind of exacerbated my anxiety (laughs) symptoms. Um, So what you would call butterflies was actually anxious feelings in my tummy so what they would say oh you've got butterflies in your tummy it was actually a a feeling of anxiety okay and it affected um a lot of things if it it affected my sleep it affected the way i ate pretty much i just refused to eat because i just the butterflies made me feel sick in the tummy did it develop to an eating disorder or not i did yeah and how did that um, get resolved? Um, so basically my parents removed me from the school and I was, because um, we moved again anyway, and I was placed in the school and, yeah, it just kind of resolved after that. So yeah. it took a while, pretty much for the rest of the year. Um, 
I had severe separa- separation anxiety from my parents. I'd cry every day. They dropped me off to school. Yeah. So it wasn't until I found my feet again that kind of resolved itself. But it was never considered anxiety. It was always I was shy or whatever. And then you kind of settled for a few years or? Yeah, no, it did. Like I'd still, um, when I was a teenager, I had anxiety. And, you know, going through study because I've done a degree and all that, that caused obviously anxiety as well. And I mean, children caused anxiety. Yeah, what does, what does, anxiety looks like to you oh that's a really good question (laughs) okay so I guess the thing is prior to all that I guess it was like needing to suck it up that makes sense Mm -hmm. because anxiety didn't really have a face it was everyone kind of talked about depression and, yeah. and the feelings of depression. Yeah. And I never felt depressed. Yeah. I just felt like in certain situations I couldn't manage mm-hmm. whatever it might be at the time. Yeah. Anxiety has lots of faces. Yeah, like for me it would be so it would affect my ability to sleep. A few years ago through stressful, stress, stressful situations I would develop insomnia because I would spend pretty much the night thinking when – because I thought I had insomnia and, in fact, I actually had anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't actually treated for the anxiety. I was treated for the insomnia with sleeping yeah. Um And I never thought it was anxiety. Another thing also is it can cause you to be grumpy. Yeah. Or you would cry or you felt like you couldn't manage whatever it was that you were doing. Gosh, what else? Like I said before, it could so be like depression. Did you have, like, panic attacks? Yeah, did. And what is it? Do you feel like you can't breathe? Do you feel like you're dying? I remember I experienced my first panic panic attack when I was working in a high-paced um, cafe. And all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. I felt dizzy. And the next thing I know, I was having severe heart palpitations. And I was, like, pretty much in the fetal position on the floor in the kitchen um, for about half an hour. And I just felt like I was going to die. I just, I felt like I wanted to be sick. Yeah, like I said, I couldn't breathe properly. The world was spinning and I just wanted it to stop. Like, and it was, and I was like that for half an hour. And um, I've experienced that about three times in my life. Mm-hmm. And it is frightening. Like, I actually thought yeah. I had something wrong with my heart. Yeah. But in fact, it's actually an yeah, panic exactly. attack. Yeah. Wow. Can't imagine. So what? how old are you, were you when that first... When I had my first panic attack? Yeah. I was 22. Was yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. And then, so after <sighs> that first... Um, really big um indication that yeah. something was wrong did you go and look into it how did you manage that because you told me uh before you didn't get diagnosed to about three years ago yeah so it was a big chunk of your life yeah leaving these feelings yeah. and these um situations where you didn't know what was wrong with you yeah so for that big chunk of your life how did you manage how how are you here and how are you doing and how you do? I guess for me, it just would, everything was based situationally. So if a certain, if something triggered a part of my life, then I'd go through the whole, the roller coaster of anxiety, but then I'd be okay for a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I don't know how I managed. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was only three years ago that I actually sought therapy. I never had therapy before any of this. And I guess it's the whole denial thing yeah and because anxiety wasn't a word you threw around it was more like you know you're depressed or I, I don't think I actually knew there was anything wrong with me yeah so you didn't suspect it or you no. didn't think oh you just didn't want to maybe you know think of you as having a mental health. health issue yeah exactly yeah exactly because it's a it's a pretty like now it's very these days it's very um understood and yeah 
you know, it's actually really common, you know, so yeah. many people that, you know, they're depressed or have anxiety. Yeah, I guess it's the whole stigma that's attached to it. But, yeah, I just... I just kind of plotted along. You were just you. There was just your life. It's yeah, just how it's a part of you it. Just thought you were your personality or who yeah. you were. Yeah. And exactly. then, so in between, uh, you know, that and you getting diagnosed, you had one child or two children. I had one child. One. So Luke is a six. Yes. Um. How? So you get pregnant. Yeah. How did that act up with your with my anxiety? Yeah. Um. Well, he was um, unexpected. It did affect. I was very anxious throughout my pregnancy because I always, you know, thought that with it being first child, you know, all the things that could go wrong, you know, you could have a stillborn or a miscarriage or whatever. Um, thinking about the birth was um, made me extremely anxious. And then when you have the baby, because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have this baby, so what do I do with him? I was a very anxious mother. Yeah, well, I think, um, I don't know, I don't know any mother. I mean, some are a bit more confident than others, especially as a, with the first yeah. baby. But we're all panicking, making sure, oh, we're going to keep this baby alive. So yeah. then when you have uh, uh, a condition like you do, yeah. does that exacerbate? Oh, or, yeah. 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 So and I... did you feel like at any stage you couldn't raise that baby or you couldn't keep it alive or you know you couldn't do that by yourself I yeah um I felt like I was never a good enough mother yeah um and I guess the thing is I kind of fell into the traps of how to be the perfect mum instead yes. of just trying to just do my best the way yeah. that I knew how and I guess the thing that didn't help was with Lucas so he was diagnosed with ADHD so even from a very young age from six months of age, he was different from the other children when it came to his development and his milestones and all that kind of stuff. So that was playing even more on my anxiety. Yeah. How did you cope? Because obviously you did it. He's six now, so he survived. (laughs) (laughs) But um, how did you cope? Did you need some... Did you have some support? Um, Did you just... So I just kind of winged it, to be honest with you. Um, Basically, when when it comes to the beginning of, you know, his life and the relationship with my husband. So we met in Melbourne. We fell in love very quickly. We moved to Western Australia. Within only a couple of months, I fell pregnant with Lucas. So um, I was in a new state without any support, just got a new job, and they were great. They were really, really good. They were supportive, even though I had, like, I think I told them within the first two weeks of getting the job that I was pregnant. (laughs) They were really really good about it. Yeah, I just didn't know how. I was just hoping that I was going to find that community. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard because my husband was in the Navy and... So he was away a lot for the first few years of Lucas's life. So he missed out on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Lucas is actually quite anxious himself. Yeah. And I think he's just picked that up from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you find that community? To be honest, I didn't. Mm. So it wasn't until I had my second child that I actually created my own community. Yeah. So I had I started a project within my own in Mandra. It was, I don't know if you've ever heard of Babes and Picnics. No, I haven't. Yeah, so... Can you tell us about it? Um, so Babes and Picnics was a community created by a girl in Brisbane called Lucia Dimbalo, and um, basically it was just a safe place for women who have anxiety, okay. who could get together and just focus on themselves, um, let the children play, but most importantly focus on themselves, not comparing or judging or anything like that. It was a very safe environment and I brought that to Mandra so oh beautiful yeah so yeah I think it's so important this is one of the reasons why I 
do this is because um, I do feel like we do need support and we need, you know, that community, even if it's, you know, like listening to a story like yours and knowing yeah. you're not alone because we don't. We, we focus on everyone's perfect lives mm. and then no one can really measure up to that. Exactly. And then it becomes so difficult, mm. so difficult to, you know, move along. Mm. So it's great to have people like you to come around and, you know, tell you as it is. And, yeah. yeah, and hopefully people will hear and sort of, I know they're not alone. Yeah. So then um, you have Lucas and you start noticing there's something different. Yeah. He's not, but it, it took a while for him to get diagnosed. Can you just tell us what ADHD is and sort of explain a little bit? Okay. He was diagnosed when he was four years old with ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. And um, there's a few variables, but what he has is inattentive and impulsiveness. So he will you, you can have a conversation with him, but he's not home. So yeah. he'll be like kind of he'll look through you. Um, and he's very impulsive, so if he's like, I'm going to go and, for example, I'm going to go touch a hot stove, which he hasn't, yeah. but say, you know, in his head he'd be like, okay, I'm going to do that, and he'd be impulsive and do something like that. Um, he doesn't have that fuel to no, he doesn't. think about it. And, about the yeah. consequences yeah. and the, the, you know, yeah, and then with the hyperactive, so that's just basically just think of a... Think of something that just dumps up and down doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, Tigger or something. So <laughs> he's jumps off the walls, very full-on child. And when I first noticed that he was a little bit different from other kids was probably around 18 months because that's when I started going to different other, you know, mother's groups and stuff. Um, so I'd go to Toddler Jam, Jimbaroo, Rhyme Time, and just the way that he interacted with other children was just completely different. Like he was yeah. that child. So he'd be that child where, you know, he would go and touch electrical points or yeah. he'd go and touch, um, you know, play with the air conditioning or whatever instead of actually interacting with the other kids and playing with the toys yeah. and, you know what I mean? So um, so you were that mum that couldn't sit and have a chat and a coffee. Exactly. I was actually, I was that mum that had to go chasing after their child because they were doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it was very isolating. Because how, I was going to ask you there, how did that make you feel around that group? Because at this nice. stage no one yeah. knows... Uh, you know that he's actually has uh, that behavioural uh, problem. Yeah. Then everyone's just yeah. How, how was it? Are people like supportive or no? No, no, no. Oh, um, it's the, the little the, the hard child that we don't want our kids to yeah, interact with. Exactly. So people would think that he was actually just a naughty child, but yeah. it was like he can't help but be who he is because yes. that's the way his brain's wired. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very isolating experience. Like I always had mothers with their hands on their hips going, are you going to do anything about it? And it's like, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's just comes down to pe people's ignorance around children who are, have these behavioural difficulties like, you know, ADHD, autism, SPD, whatever it might be. Yeah. Because um, you talked about, you know, what quotes you live, kind of live by when it mm -hmm. comes to being a parent. And for me, it's, it takes a village to raise a child, and that's what I really believe in, you yeah. know. Yeah, like it's always been a very difficult kind of road with him, and it's cost friendships as well because sometimes, like, like, people that I've known, they just can't deal with him, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, and, um, like, they don't want to 
Yeah, it's it's a very sad situation because like he's a good kid, like he's got a heart of gold. It's mm-hmm. just that it's just a bit different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not his fault. He's yeah. not naughty at all. Exactly. Yeah, you um, must be heartbreaking. I mean, all I can think of several situations where my son, you know, was being a little bit naughty, or my daughter was being a little bit too um, bossy, and. You can tell, you can yeah. see the eyes around you just going, ooh. Yeah. And, you know, they're children. Exactly. Um, and you, we never know what's going on. So Exactly. And I guess that's the thing with being, like, one thing that I'm really passionate about is when it comes to social media and what influence we have over other people's, when it, when it comes to this kind of thing, it's you kind of have to be pretty, have an open opinion of, you know, when it comes to children and stuff, like, you know, because people are so quick to judge without yeah. actually knowing the full story. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the thing is, at the end of the day, if they're seeing something, like, because this is one thing that I've, that I've always done is that, you know, if I if I see a parent struggling or a mother struggling with their child, instead of judging them, you just ask them, are they okay? Yeah. It, you know, do you need help? Do you need help? Is there anything that I can do, I can to, help? do to help? Yeah. yeah. That is amazing. Because it's, it's not very common, unfortunately. No. Um, yeah, it's very easy I would us. have loved that quite oh, a few yeah. times <laughs> yeah. when he was growing up. But anyway, I guess it's the thing. It's about putting it in people's minds. Yeah. We are all humans and we all have the days that we're, you know, really stressed and don't yeah. want to have to deal with certain things. But we do have to try to, you know, um, look at the other person's side and go, hang on, maybe this person's having an even harder time than I am. So let's not, you know, frown upon this and, you know, let's try to work together. Yeah, I'd really love to see um, this happening more often because it's way too often that, you know, parents are not supportive of parents. It's just who who is the better one, who does the best job. Exactly. And uh, none of us do you know we try our best for our kids and that's what I always say here that's all we can do the best for our kids yeah um and you know manage through this crazy life with it with so many different situations and every one of us has struggles um so then uh Lucas gets diagnosed with ADHD at four was that a relief oh you have no idea yeah yeah so basically because it's such a hard situation because it's like, is it us? Is it our parenting? You know, did we do this to them? Um, when in fact it was just the way that his brain was wired. Yeah. So it wasn't our fault. So it yeah. was actually quite relieved yeah. to know that it wasn't the result of us that has created him like that. Yeah. So, and also the fact that instead of just being labelled the naughty child, he's actually, you know, it, it's something that's out of his control. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you... Do you feel any grief? Want to? I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, to, yeah, or no, I any, get what you mean. yeah. I, I understand what you mean. Um, so with when he was diagnosed with ADHD, actually, no, though I didn't feel any grief. I was just completely relieved. But um, only recently, within the fa- the last couple of months, he has gone through some testing in regards to um, autism, um, and they said that it's um, very, very likely that he's actually autistic as well. I felt grief with that. Yeah. So I, um, you know, of course, I'm, part of me is relieved because it means that um, it opens up a door of opportunities of funding and all that kind of stuff because, unfortunately, with ADHD, you don't get any kind of support. Oh, okay. It's only when you're diagnosed with ASD or whatever that 
you can open the door to funding. So I'm relieved to that, but also the sense that, you know, with ADHD, it's something you can manage. You can manage it with medication yeah. or whatever, but with autism, unfortunately, it's like that's it. Like, yeah, you can't do anything. It, yeah. it has, it's all cognitively. You have to train their brain to, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't understand people's empathy or emotions yeah. or facial expressions or yeah. anything like that. Mm-hmm. So... But then um, don't you think, because now you know and, and now you can create the strategies mm. for him to live, you know, a life, yeah. a comfortable life where he's not, you know, retrieved to, you know, his house or whatever yeah. and that he can manage even yeah. um, it's it, we know it's never going to be comfortable to him to maybe yeah. look someone in the eye. Yeah. But... You know, he will have the strategy and be yeah. able to, you know, go through it. Yeah. So, I do feel like with the diagnosis, or it's, it's not a, is it, is it a certainty or is it? Um, well, we're waiting for the paperwork, but the people that assessed him are fairly confident that it's yeah. that. So, um, so, then you can start that new journey of, yeah. you know, preparing him for, for the world the way that he sees it. Exactly. And how to manage that. Yeah. It's, um, it's 100% up to us. Yeah. So we're the one that has to change. We have to work with what we've got with him. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's a pretty hard swell, um, pill to swallow because, you know, no one wants to admit change. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's a very overwhelming thing to do. But, unfortunately, that's what we have to do because we need to emulate the behaviour that we want from him because he sees what we do and he just copies us. Copies, yeah. You know. Because he knows that's what it should be yeah. expected or yeah. accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So late, such a little at young age, isn't it? Just start mm. having to think about these things, what's yeah. socially acceptable yeah. or not. It's exactly. It's unfair, isn't it? It is. But um, I think the earlier, uh, the better they can, you know, manage exactly. through yeah, life and exactly. and you read about it. I mean, I read about it, and I've got some personal um, interactions where they're actually amazing. Their brains is amazing, and I think we need to start giving the space to celebrate that instead of thinking it's a disability. It's not. Yep. It's it's a difference yep. from what we are all used to. Yeah. But the way they see the world and the way their brain works can be amazing. They can do amazing mm. things. So I think we need to remind ourselves of that mm. and also celebrate mm. that a little bit. It's not easy, especially for mm. I guess it won't be easy for, for anyone involved, but um yeah, I think there's um a lot to celebrate about this little Right, people. Yeah. Um. So then you. So I'll just go back a little bit. Yeah. You got diagnosed. Lucas was about three when he was diagnosed. When you got diagnosed. Oh, when I got diagnosed. diagnosed. Um. Yeah. So I was. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was diagnosed when he was around three or four. I think it was after I had my because I, I had um surgery and that kind of exacerbated the symptoms of yeah. anxiety. Yeah, I think he was three. And then did you start treatment for your anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, and that helped. So then not long after that, he got diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. So you being um, medicated, that helped? Did that help? Or it you did. Think Do you know, it's funny. Um, when it comes to medication, I was so opposed to it. Um, yeah. I didn't want to. 
live like a zombie or live, you know, like, I don't know, it's just, yeah. you know, when you think of people on antidepressants, you're like, oh, God, you poor thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to have that stigma, but you know what? It saved me. Yeah. It really did. I think it is a big stigma. I, I know I, I'm the same. I don't want to live on pills for any reasons, but if you think about it, you know, if someone has a heart condition, they will live on if someone has, you know, a cholesterol problem, they will leave on medicine. Yeah. And it's not, I think it's not that um, we don't look at it as as uh, negatively yeah. as we do when it, it comes to mental health. Because yeah. I think it's just, but it's the same. It's, yeah. it's chemical. Yeah. So, yeah, you need uh, yeah. that sort of thing. But, it, yeah, I think... A lot of people will still have that stigma of, you know, living on, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, like, honestly, I can't imagine my life without it now because I feel like I have so much control because, but like, back in the day, like, I always, you know, I call it, like, my bucket. Like, my bucket was just so overflowing with all these different things um, that I just didn't know what to do anymore um, because I felt like I was consumed with it. You know, it affected everything. It affected, um, like, it made my hair fall out. I lost weight. You know, I had heart palpitations. I felt like I was, you know, having, you know, mini heart attacks when, in fact, it was just my heart rate was so my heart rate was so high because of the anxiety. You know, I haven't really felt like that since you started. Since your, I started. So yeah. life is a dream now. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. Yeah, um, and. Also, did uh, Lucas get treated with medication as well? Yes. Yeah, so he's on, well, it's been a bit of a, because we, when he was diagnosed with ADHD, we're like, we're going to, we're going to manage it without medication. We're going to do everything naturally. And mm-hmm. um, it got to a point where, and it was this year, because we went through two years of him being unmedicated. And it got to this year and we're like, you know what, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> we were so opposed to that. But yeah. anyway, we put him on medication and it has helped, but it's a matter of finding the right medication for him. So he's yeah. on his second um, type. type. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, because that does slow them down a little bit. They're, yeah. They lose a little bit of their personality. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, like, the first type of medication he took was a dexamphetamine, so that's like a stimulant. So mm-hmm. um, it didn't work. It was no. just it was just it was the same. <laughs> um, and now he's on a new one, like it's actually a brand new ADHD drug. But we're still well, we're going to be reviewed soon to see if it's actually worth um, him staying on that one or trying a different one. So it's yeah. So um, so is it um, that he has ADHD? Plus autism, and so you'll still have to be medicated yep. for the ADHD, yep. and then we're going to have to go with and that's uh, thing. Uh, some sort of uh, therapy or something yes. for him to deal with the other side exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It is. And you've got two other little ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a thing. And a job. You're amazing. (laughs) Well, you know, I I do feel for the little ones because Lucas gets about, you know, 80% of the attention. (laughs) Unfortunately, sometimes it's not always positive attention, but, Mm. you know. How do you think they, um, obviously, Adeline is too little, but do you think Flynn picks up on um, yeah. so yeah yeah he does and he's a little stirrer as well he's so. oh, just like Olivia yeah. he's in the age yeah oh. 
he he knows how to push Lucas's buttons. Yeah. And they um they do kind of fight like cat and dog sometimes. Oh, no. So And but, usually the little one wins the the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So I think yeah, our kids have the same apart from obviously you have a baby but our kids is the same difference of age yeah so i've got sammy who's six and olivia who's three oh. and well they yeah i mean seeing them together it yeah. melts my heart because they cuddle and they i love you and kisses but when she starts on him oh my god <laughs> you don't know if you watch it and let it plot along your lap yeah. so i don't know if you just stop her from yeah. the start because and that's yeah. the thing there's only pros and cons with um age gaps like the one the gap between i have flynn and Adeline's really nice but at the same time, being pregnant one after the other wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, enjoying the time with Flynn when he was a baby, when Lucas was in school, was yeah. nice. But yeah. now they fight like cat and dog. <laughs> so. No, you'll get better. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Um, and obviously this is very new for you, but um, do you have, like, a plan of attack for, you know, when the little ones are a bit older in how you, you know, the situation's going to be in the household where, you know, everyone's going to be aware of Lucas's difficulties. Yeah. And, yeah. We're, we're very open. Because you're obviously very open about yeah. it. Yeah. So we, you know, we we always have that, like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to kind of, yeah. you know, explain it in a in a way that it's going to be understandable with the, with the kids. So, you know, but at the same sense, we don't want to label Lucas... You know, because we want him to understand that he can achieve anything he wants yeah. to achieve. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, at the moment, they're all a little bit too young to kind of understand what's going on mm-hmm. or to know that Lucas is a little bit different. But I guess the the main thing is just that they're going to see, you know, they're going to see him having different types of therapies and, you know, they see him take his medication. And I think we just... If we're open and honest about it, I don't see it being an issue. Yeah, for the for the kids. Yeah. So. And all, I think you'll you if you're yeah if you're open to them and to whoever is around you, it raises the awareness, and exactly. then they will bring out the information to the world, and it's just going to make it you know more yeah more information out there for mm. everyone. Mm. Um, yeah, so people are a little. And bit it reduces more. the stigma of it because yeah. you know, like you were saying before. Um, you know, a lot of talent comes from children with, you know, ADHD or, well, they say that um, the best entrepreneurs have got ADHD. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's there's hope. There's obviously, yeah, there's obviously something there. I, yeah, I really believe that um, they can be um, a great asset to this world. Yeah, they can. I they really can do. They great leaders. Yeah. And I guess the thing is now that we've got it, that he's quite young, we can, because all we hope for him is just to be a good human being. Yeah. It's all we want. Yeah. You know, he he can do whatever he wants to do as long as he's kind yeah. <laughs> to other people. You know, that's all all we worry about. So as long as he makes it to adulthood. Um, did uh, your parenting approach change in between ADHD diagnosis and autism, autism yeah. diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, it did because so when he was naughty with the ADHD, it's like no, it's not the ADHD. It's the fact that you're actually being naughty. Yeah. When now it's like, well, hang on, it's probably you not the fact the that perception. he's yeah, it's not the fact that he's naughty. It's the fact that you know he his brain is just different from everyone else's. You know, yeah. like because basically, like they, this is what they say: um, a child, like an autistic kid, 
um, can have like the mindset of a say a toddler. So that's basically what we're dealing yeah. with. We're dealing with two toddlers mm-hmm. when in fact one's much older and he's in school yeah. and stuff. And it's about being on his level and being where he's at, yeah. which is hard. Yeah. It's really hard because some days you get so overwhelmed with the nonsense um, that you know that he carries on with, and it's just over such silly things. But at the same sense, it's like, well, hang on, you know, he doesn't actually understand that what he's doing or what he has done is is wrong. You have to step back and and, and think about it rather than yeah. just react, which yeah. is so hard. I mean, we react. I react all the time to my yeah. kids being naughty. Yeah. So to actually have to go, no, him gone. Yeah. Let's step back and put ourselves exactly. in his position. And the thing that kind of helps the most is the fact that, like with my husband, he's the one that's kind of taking the lead with this. Like he's yeah. the one that's going, okay, this is what we're going to do, and he's he's doing it, and I'm seeing it, and it's and it's really helping. Yeah. So he's kind of leading me in the sense of what would, what it is that we need to do with yeah. him because I'm the reactor. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm so. the crazy mum, you know. So. What were the symptoms um, that led the new, the new diagnosis? Okay. Just so we understand a little bit yep. more about autism okay. and ADHD. The so um, some of the things that stood out for us was the compulsiveness Um he and also the um kind of like OCD. So he was the kid that would get his cars and he would line them up. Yeah, he'd line them up in color coordination and height. Um, so that was a pretty good, you know, indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't like eye contact. Yeah, he gets really uncomfortable. And if you ask him to look into your eyes, he just he can't. He'll be looking everywhere else except your yeah. eyes. I guess his maturity level as well. He would he he would prefer to play with the toddler toys than toys that were age appropriate to him what else did you then uh, ask for him to be tested or did someone yeah yeah yep. so it your perception that it was my it? perception so, so how did you go about that what did you have to do so basically i had to well it's all through the pediatrician so yeah. when when we would see the pediatrician we'd pretty much say listen these are, this is what we're dealing with. I think there's more to it than just ADHD. Can you do something about it? And, and it, it took quite a bit of convincing, but finally she went to her board and, you know, they had a meeting and then they're like, okay, we're going to start the process of, because it's not just a matter of seeing a pediatrician, it's a matter of um, actually being properly assessed through, um, I think it's Autism WA. So, um, and then, yeah, so that was about 10 month wait so you need to assessed. get a referral from the pediatrician yes. to Autism WA. Yes. And so then and then and that's what start, and that's what pretty much starts the process. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, the pediatrician organised it all. She organised. Um, she also did a um, because with autism can also come anxiety. So he's got a, his own mental health plan and. So, and I guess the, the main thing is is um, have a very good pediatrician. Yeah, <laughs> that's my strongest advice to anyone. So, because um, you know they're the ones that's going to forward you to all the different types of supports out there. And yeah, I guess it's like same having a really good GP. And yeah, pediatrician is also, you know, and it's okay to get another opinion. Yes. And did you? Or you ended up convincing that. Yeah, no, we ended up convincing that that yeah. pediatrician. So, and then so once you get the call from autism WA, what happens then? How how do the tests go work? Um, so basically, it's a three hour test, and 
he speaks with an occupational therapist and what was the other one? She an OT? Not an OT, a speech. I'm not too sure. So basically um, they do different tests with him to see where he's at and then, you know, they they put the notes together and then forward it off to whoever it is um, and then they make the decision on if he is autistic or not. Mm-hmm. So it's a very lengthy process. Yeah, it would be because obviously there's so many inspections. And yeah, you know, so. and that's the thing you can't say like when it comes to autism, it's the, it's it's all dependent on the spectrum. Like you can't use Aspergers or anything like that anymore. It's just it's autism. Like right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereas like before, because we always thought he was a little bit aspy, like the yeah. Aspergers, mm-hmm. but you know that's not a part of you know anymore. Yeah, that's just. Autism. Yeah. And how does the school support him? And is are you, is he going to public or private? Um, no. So so he's in the public system. Yeah. Um. Really, I guess it depends on the teacher. And, and like I said, when it comes to ADHD, there's no actual support for children. So like, there's no educational assistant or education assistant. It's just you know the teacher tries to come up with different strategies on how they can get the child to learn and interact pro you know appropriately with all the other students, but with the possible autism assessment, he's it's opened up so many doors. Yeah. Because we can get an EA and, you know, we can get funding through NDIS, mm-hmm. which can give him yada, yada, yada. Could even yeah. have a stress spot, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so without the school, for example, before he got uh, the autistic um, diagnose, um, would the school, like the principal, the teacher, would they... Did you feel like they were supportive? To be honest, no. Yeah. Um, the thing is, teachers, are, their situation is they've got so many students in their yeah. class and they try and do their best on how to educate everyone. And, you know, like I love my son and I want him to have the best, you know, education, but at the same time I kind of feel sorry for everyone yeah. else. Because there they is also nothing. don't get the support no. that they would need to exactly. support you or your child. Exactly. Yeah. And and I guess the thing is, like the teacher we had last year, because it it comes down to the person. Yeah. So because he needs someone that's going to be very supportive but very firm, mm-hmm. you know. So the minute you oppose him or anything like that, that's it. He's that's done. Off. Yeah. He's instantly defiant. Mm-hmm. Um, and no matter what you do, he just will not. He will not listen to you. So um, it's a very, very hard process. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to the teacher. And, you know, the the teacher we have, she's lovely, but um, she, I think she's kind of put him in the too hard basket. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just to show how important you would be for um, parents with kids with um, that sort of behavioural, would you say behavioural issue? Not behavioural. Probably... It's difficulties or difficulties. Yeah. Um definitely some more um assistance, isn't it? So yeah. sure. And the thing is Because you're not it's not it, like you said, it's not just about the child, it's about the child, the parents, yeah, the teacher, yeah. the school, the other kids around that child. Exactly. They'll be, you know, disrupted. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's um it's unbelievable that there is nothing there and that's a thing um from what i understand is wa is the only state that doesn't um supply any funding for children that have adhd oh okay. yeah which is crazy but when it comes to autism it's like you know boom instant yeah instant 
funding, support, EA, you name it, they get it. So, you know, for the last two years, it's just been, you know, like it, it's almost like even if he didn't go to school, it probably, because he hasn't learnt anything. Yeah. Because his brain can't. Yeah. Because it's in la la <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is both of those difficulties that Lucas has, they're invisible. So yeah. it's not like it's a disability exactly. that you can see. So when you're out there, mm. do you feel like you have to tell people or you have to explain to people or I you just go, you know what, don't? I used to. Or like, do you find like you have to, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand it. what you mean. So, yeah, like it does, it does affect social situations when it comes to birthday parties um, of other kids. We, unless they actually provide healthy food, we don't go Mm -hmm. because he's very, he's triggered by artificial stuff, sugars and all that thing. The minute he has it, it's like completely different kid. He's just, yeah, it's it's very, very hard Um, and it affects him developing friendships as well. When he was little, it was really, really hard. Like, I've had parents, because um, he's done something, and parents have grabbed him and shook him. So people that don't, I don't even know have grabbed yeah. him and shook him, and they're like, you know, you can't do this, and it's like, well, you know, you can't really do what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it does. Like, I... It's such a tricky one, isn't it? Because yeah. generally if it's people that I know, I let them know. Listen, yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a good idea for us to come because of yeah. blah, blah, blah. But if it's strangers, I just don't say anything Yeah, at all. I, I just don't see the point. Yeah. So, you know, because if people develop an opinion of someone, they'll probably just stick to it anyway. So. Yeah. So let's go back to you a little bit. Okay. Um, just to finish it off. Okay. You have – so what does photography do for you? Let's just start with that. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> because I want to talk about this beautiful project that you have that I have been following. Oh, and right. I think it's amazing. But obviously, you got that somewhere, so, yeah. somehow. So let's talk about what does photography do for you? Um, so photography is like it's not even work for me. It's if I could do anything for the rest of my life, it would be that. Yeah, I've always, I've always loved being creative. And it's not just through photography. Like, I loved art, you know, in high school. But the thing is, it's like, oh, well, I don't think that's going to pay you enough. But it was through my children, you know, that I found a bit of a side hustle. Yeah. Um, And for that, I'm really, really grateful because I've always kind of been like, find, find an excuse not to do it. But, you know, I bit the bullet and I do it. And I... It, there's no words can actually describe what it feels like and especially like because for me um I love seeing the beauty in things that's real yeah and honest I'm not much of a like I love candid and you know when you see people light up or react to a sense of you know oh my god is that is that me or you know like when you've taken a moment it's just no words can kind of um, describe that feeling. It's um, it kind of it kind of saved me, if that makes sense. Is it your your safe place behind the, the oh, camera? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Being in front of it's a bit overwhelming. But yeah, <laughs> being behind, behind it is, is yeah, like it's it's a wonderful thing. And it, you think that also helped with your it does um, yeah 
Yeah, a hundred percent. It um, gives me something to focus on. Yeah. Um, that is positive, and you know, it can help other people. I guess. Yeah, it takes you away from the craziness at home and the exactly. kids, your own uh, problems. Yes, yeah. and it help, yeah. and it kind of holds me accountable as well. Yeah. When it comes to trying to get a message across, you kind of got to live it yourself. Um. So you had this beautiful project called Love Your Damn Self. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it. How did that? What's the idea behind? What is something? about you that you decided that yeah. you know you needed to express yourself and so, and how did you spread that out to the community? So basically with the project it was um it's kind of around myself and it's also around other people because, you know, we pick ourselves apart. Um, you know, like especially after having children you know, like, yeah, we, our bodies have changed and, you know, not a lot we can do about it. We get stretch marks. Um, you know, our skin goes a little bit saggy. You know, we get a few more grey hairs, but, you know, um, that's life. And I guess it's a matter of um, embracing it and loving it and loving where you're at. And the thing is as well, when it comes to social media, I hold, you know, when it comes to people that are influential, I hold them accountable for, you know, because um, it's, it's dysmorphia where you look at, Okay, so the only way I can kind of describe it is after I gave birth to Adeline, I have been inundated with people saying that I need to lose weight. So <laughs> so kind of like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, through like MLMs and all that kind of thing, I get people messaging me about, oh, have you thought about losing weight? Have you thought about this? You know, I've been um, approached for teas, for shakes, for, the, for um, oh, God, what else is there? Teas, shakes. Um, supplements. supplements, pills, you name it, I've had it, and it's constant. It's constant. It's like every every week, a couple of times a week, I have someone pitch me a weight loss strategy, you know, and it's like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like um, I my baby is seven months old. I'm still breastfeeding. You know, my, my energy should be focused on that. Yeah. And then when it comes to wanting to, to lose weight, I think it's about the mindset, you know, it's about preparing your mind. And I don't know, the, I, and, and the thing is like with the, what I was saying before about the small fear, like people, you know, they look at these people who are thin and beautiful and, you know, that's what they want their, their life or body to be like. But the thing is like what's wrong with the way you are? Yeah. I saw you put it in, um, I think it was this today or yesterday, it was a, a whole, I don't know if it was a book yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, about how we um, feel so insecure, and you know, so this is this woman, this woman saying to her partner, saying, "This is not what you fell in love with." Yeah. And he comes back and say, "No, it's not." But yeah, this body, this this created our children, gave them a home, yeah. gave them safety, and I think, I mean, I like to think I know my husband feels this way. Yeah. Um, so it's really us, isn't it? It's it is. really us pulling us down. It is. Um, it is. And, yeah, so what you do is such a great reminder that, yes, we are super women. Yeah. We, you know, we created these little uh, people, you know, out of a little seed and we made them yeah. what they are inside of us. Yeah. And it took all of it. It took most of our energy. It took yeah. the best things out of us. Yeah. <laughs> And it's in them, and we can see it yeah. running around. Yeah. Um, and that is just an amazing 
power to have. It is. Um, it and is. we forget about it. I forget about it. And that's the thing. All we the time. So I've got a, I've got a damn party that I'm freaking out because, you know, my boob is so saggy now. I need a bra. Um, you know? So it's a good, seeing your post and yeah. seeing what you do is a great reminder of, you know, it's there's so much more to it. Yeah, there is. You know, at the end of the day, our mind is what, you know, indicates what we're going to be like. Because if we're going to put crap into our mind, then we put crap into our body. Yeah. And I guess we're just so easy to pick ourselves apart. But, you know, what? the minute we see another woman who have, you know, done what it is that they've done, we just think they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when, when instead we should be like, well, why can't we look at ourselves like that? Yeah. And we don't even know what's behind that person's life. I have a pretty good damn life with a pretty good damn husband and two really beautiful kids. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, sometimes that gets forgotten for something that is not a priority, should not be a priority. And that's the thing. And if there's any advice, like this is a thing that I've been doing and um, it's something that I've picked up from a lady called Belle. So basically, you know, if you're having a really bad day about the way that you look look in the mirror and find one thing you like and, and you know, be like, well, I appreciate that for whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, you know, you need to talk to yourself. Like it's, yeah. it might feel a bit silly, but talk to yourself in the mirror and go, yeah. you know, I really appreciate yeah. yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, like, it's all about planting seeds in yeah. your head. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had a conversation with a couple of girls um, this weekend at the book launch mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we were saying, you know, how are we going to raise our children to be positive about themselves and to be kind to themselves and to others? And I mean, I try very hard, but, um, I was saying since I had my daughter, Mm. I had to have a really hard look at me and go, look, this can't transfer to her. You know, we really, I really need to work this out because I do not want this beautiful girl thinking, Anything other than, you know, she's amazing. Exactly. For who she is. Exactly. And you know what? It's funny. When when Adeline was born, that's what came to my head. But at the same sense with having boys, that's even more important, Mm. you know, because they need to understand what a real woman looks like. Yeah. Not, you know, women that... And it's okay. You can be whoever you want to be as long as you're happy. Yeah. Women are all different and that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess it's a matter of teaching them respect for women. And for women's bodies and shapes and all that kind of thing. What are you doing? She's just giving me the cutest <laughs> smile. <laughs> yeah, I, I really... So how long ago did that project start? Um, so I've been working on it for probably the last six months. So basically, let's tell people what it is. So basically, you take photos yeah. of mums. Yes. Yep. So it's of anyone. So oh, I've okay. done... Um, so I've done a couple of shoots now. Um, the first one was of women who have um, side hustle, so like yeah. women in business. Yeah. So I do. I've done a shoot like that. I've done um, another shoot where it was kind of loving yourself where you're at. So women came in dress in ball gowns. We did some outdoor shoots of that. I've actually I've hosted a, an event. Okay. So at Feldon Co, and that was, I had guest speakers talk about body image and all that kind of stuff with food, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, my most recent one was a postpartum. Right. Okay. So, and it, that's the thing, because I want it to be, because next year I'm hoping to do one around teenage girls, mm. so tweens or teens or something yeah. like that. 
and teaching girls of that age that they need to love themselves as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and it is through photos, but I, I'm, a, I'm actually, the course that I'm doing at the moment is yeah. around um, creating a community for Love Your Damn Self. So where it can be open to shoots and uh, events and yeah. merchandise and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, And putting the information out there. Exactly. That's beautiful. I really like that and I really want to keep hearing or watching what you're doing <laughs> Thank you. because it's beautiful. Um, okay. I'll push in, obviously I'll tag you and put in the link yep. so everyone can see what Thank amazing you. work you, you do. Thank you. It's beautiful that you're doing that. You could have, yeah, you, I mean... You know, you could have been doing other things for yourself, but you yeah. out there encouraging other women, and that's what I find. Women, when they get together to bring each other up, mm. we are amazing, oh, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, the best no leaders. one can. No one. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We just really need to get yeah, our heads in the right spot. Exactly. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you've got so much going on in your life, and mm. you're out there. Supporting mm. other women thank to you. love themselves. It's beautiful and I love it. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, we're just going to finish. So you told me your favorite quote, which I, I love because it's the name of my show. <laughs> um, it takes a village. So, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. A, ch- a child. Um, and now tell me your worst parent parenting fail. Oh, God. <laughs> Where do I even start? Jeez. I guess it's around... Oh, how bad does it need to be? Because it's like, <laughs> is it just this? something that sucks you? And you're like, oh god, I'm never gonna forget this. Okay, so for me, the worst thing was when your children are quiet. You really need to know what it is that they're doing. So, <laughs> um, and it's and it's happened like with like with Flynn. Like he's done things where he's drawn all over the walls with. Um, my eyeliner or, you know, yeah, but uh, possibly the worst thing that ever, ever happened was my Lucas when he was four, he um, was in the yard and he, and we didn't know for about 45 minutes, he'd actually opened the gates and ran off. Yeah, and I was good one. (laughs) I was heavily, yeah, I was heavily pregnant with Flynn as well, and I was cleaning up, and my husband was sitting on the lounge, and he just thought Lucas was playing with the dogs. Um, And then I'm like, oh, do you mind going out and checking on him because he's quiet? Yeah, and he's like, he's not outside, he's not in the yard. So, um, you know, obviously I panicked, and he was trying to look for him. So he was wheel driving all over Meadow Springs trying to find his child. Um, and event, and we couldn't find him, and it'd been about an hour and a half, two hours. Oh my god! And um, we called the police. So the police came, and they're and they're you know swarms, and they're like, right, we're going to have to get the helicopter. So they had the helicopter on call in case because we've got a huge golf course with all these you know you know water holes yeah, and yeah. stuff, and god, you know, or you know he's been kidnapped or something. But anyway, not long after the police arrived, a lady called, and she's like, I have your dog. And I'm like, do you have, have my, my child? child? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I do actually. I've got you, you two dogs and, and your kid. And he just was walking along the street in the middle of the road with these dogs because we had it. We were fostering a greyhound and then we had our little dog. And um, this, she saw this kid and she's like, that doesn't look right. Anyway, she called him over and there was a party and he went inside and he was drinking water and having a great old time. <laughs> Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, like the police had to go to the house and, oh, 
that's probably the worst thing that's ever happened. That's like the biggest parenting fail uh, of our life. And I mean, let, let's be honest, how can you fall? You're just you're letting the kid play outside. I know. How could you tell? So what kind of gate was it? So we have a huge colour bond gate. And and what he had done, he had stepped up on something and, and pulled it open. Oh, how old was he? He was four. It was four. Oh my god! Yeah, that was and I like you know because I was so I was seven months pregnant with Flynn at the time and um, I was like panicking. I thought I was going to go into labour or something like that. Thankfully, I didn't. But you know, surprisingly, I know. Oh my god! I know. Oh, Oh, I'm glad I can. I we can laugh about it. (laughs) Jeez, what's the police say? They no, they were really really good about it. Yeah. Um, they just kind of carried on, but the, you know, like I said, you know, the fact that we almost had the police helicopter was like, yeah, that was intense. Extreme, yeah, that was intense. Yeah, it would have been. So, oh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was lovely. Thanks, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, do you coming? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I need to see that smile. Aww.